ट्रेगनेट Ask the IVF expert is brought to you by Parents of Fertility powered by Merck. I'm your host Deepthi Ahuja and I will interview IVF experts from all over India to cover all sorts of questions you my dear would be parent might have in mind. So, are you ready to embark on your parenthood journey with fertility experts? Here we go. that you are infertile can be a mortifying experience while to date whenever the word infertility rears its alarming head most people first think about female infertility today let's focus and normalize talking about infertility in men to lend her expertise and over 15 years of experience we have with us dr rupali who is coordinator of the ivf department indraprastha apollo hospital delhi hi dr rupali how are you very well uh thank you for including me today and a warm welcome to all the listeners the pleasure is all ours so first and foremost what exactly is male infertility and how common is it before we actually go into this i would actually uh, like to tell you that uh, uh, this is a very nice topic and a very very pertinent topic thank especially you. since males are almost equally you know almost towards equally responsible for infertility when you talk of infertility in a couple it is not the female part and indeed uh, indeed in our uh, in our education days way way back you know we've been always taught to investigate the male partner first rather than investigating the female partner because investigations of female partners are uh, are more invasive you know they might have to give a blood sample undergo an invasive ultrasound kind of a thing whereas in males it's just giving one sample one uh, semen sample that is the way it is to be investigated and talking about the first question as um, you've uh, told male infertility is majorly on the rise how do we actually define male infertility male infertility is defined when after one year of an unprotected intercourse that's what the definition of infertility goes the couple is unable to have babies so there is when we try to investigate both the couple both the partners and in men in case the semen counts show either a variable or a low motility low count or a poor morphology of sperms hmm. is then is the time when we label them as being infertile or the cause of couple being infertile Right now, let's talk about uh, briefly talk about some of the problems responsible for this kind of infertility. Uh, so, Dr. Rupali, what could cause a man to have a low sperm count, or uh, how you put it, you know, an abnormal uh, sperm? All right. Uh, so, when we talk of uh, sperms, you don't only look at the uh, you know the number of the of the sperms, but we also try to look at the motility because they the sperms are motile sperms they are the ones who will travel through the uterine cavity to the fallopian tube to the tube and to the egg yeah you know the egg is not motile so sperms obviously the count is definitely important 
but motility is another parameter which is which is uh, really important so that is uh, so in case there is a problem with the with the number which is less than 15 million per uh, ml or there is a problem with the motility where you try to grade the motility under a microscope you look into the uh, the proper motility which is called as progressively rapid or you look at motility where the sperm doesn't go ahead but there is motility hmm. and you try to grade them under a microscope the third important feature before you label the sperms as abnormal is the morphology the morphology yeah. of sperms that is the, the the appearance of the sperms right. which you would look into hmm. yes what causes uh, infertility in general uh, when it comes to all these factors these three factors now there are uh, various causes when you talk of infertility more so in male infertility and there is a subset of uh, people who do not have a discernible cause or an idiopathic cause where we can't say that yes this is the cause there hmm. amongst the uh, amongst the causes just for us to know we can uh, divide them into you know environmental factors hmm. or the or the place where the person is living where uh, the person's habits are important so where your own habits your own lifestyle would be really really important when we talk of male infertility and one of the impor- most important things here is alcohol and smoking hmm. yes so uh, so and that too more very very important currently with the you know evolution of corporate era taking uh, taking alcohol is becoming a you know a fad and then smoking is again again something which is very detrimental to the sperms more so the motility parameters do get affected right yes apart from that there are various other causes they could have been like a childhood mumps is one one history which we usually talk about okay and uh, uh, apart from that previous surgeries previous prolonged infections and there is another subset of genetically abnormal uh, abnormalities in the in the you know males which cause male infertility that also is there so uh, do any signs pop up that an individual can notice by themselves um, you know what are the symptoms that are linked to male infertility and how can one figure out if it's time to actually visit an infertility expert for diagnosis of course one of them being that you know if if they've tried uh, unprotected intercourse for like an year and they haven't really been able to have a child that is one but are there any other symptoms also that uh, uh, you know a male uh, can assess for themselves uh now that's where uh, we are still lacking there are very few symptoms where people will have problems mm-hmm. uh, so most of the males in spite of the fact that they have you know very poor sperm count or abnormal semen parameters they might have normal uh, intercourse their erectile functions their ejaculatory functions might be normal as the semen which comes out might be normal looking mm-hmm. yes there would be a a very uh, less few subset of people where they might have some amount of pain some amount of swelling and uh, indeed around 20% of the patients might have something called as a varicocele varicocele is um, where the bag gets enlarged although it's a very very few subset the bag of the sperms which is the testis that gets the scrotum gets enlarged a little because of the dilatation of the blood vessels so uh, there the temperature of the testis rises which is normally like 2 degrees lesser than the whole body 
yeah that subset of people are uh, those where you know people can just look into it but mm-hmm. yes um, if you if you know uh, if in the current era if you're taking too much of alcohol or yeah. you're taking your smoking or indeed uh, yes uh, following the the celebrities doing bodybuilding using anabolic steroids a big no just completely you know uh, it's very very detrimental for the sperms especially these anabolic steroids uh, we do have patients who will be like bodybuilders and good looking you know trying to whatever work out extensively in the gym yeah but these things are very detrimental for your uh, for your sperms and you know yeah for causes male infertility it didn't even occur to me that anabolic steroids could be one of the causes of infertility in men my god and it also seems like uh, it's mostly the doctor's responsibility then to test the male first and then go after testing the female for infertility um makes a lot of sense so um, i mean anyone who's looking for an ivf uh, treatment and ivf procedure if your doctor's not doing this procedure in this manner then something that you know maybe you could intimate them about it i don't know no no most of the people do it that way only it's not like a thing it's not like a big thing indeed in our country where uh, it's not a government uh, like it's not like a national health service like uk and all yeah. we do give them all the set of tests together like uh, unlike the uk where people keep on visiting the doctors again and again and then they might get this in the second visit but here the entire set is set of tests is given all together right. and one more thing um, i would like to mention is uh, is the the pollution around pollution around the the preservatives which are used in foods somehow we are really finding young males with azoospermia they are they fall in kind of the unexplained category why we can't we can't just tell them but these preservatives do have a detrimental function impact on the overall sperm function so they are the also the category that is why the number of people coming to us with infertility from the corporate background is really increasing it's really on the rise where there is no particular cause but you know corporate lifestyle is becoming like that where you pick up the food from the rack and eat it and then there is a lot of pollution so we really can't pinpoint those cases but these these cases are majorly on the rise actually I I think I'm going to make uh, all of the men in my circle listen to this episode for sure whether or not they have kids whether or not they want to have kids I definitely <laughs> have to do this for them yes. uh, no. so I have indeed I would also uh, like to tell you that I've had a couple of males who I mean, I'm, I'm impressed that they were quite aware of the fact and they just came that okay I don't want to get married till the time I'm 40 you mm-hmm. know now I want to preserve my sperms which i think was a quite sensible thing to do considering the current era you know yeah. so people are getting aware i would say but not too many not to the extent that yes you can say yes it's well let's hope that uh, you know as many people uh, you know who are listening who end up listening to this podcast might end up asking these questions yes are yes risk factors or complications associated with male infertility when it comes to the ivf procedure uh you know how we uh, when we talk about uh, female infertility we talk, we may also talk about obesity we also talk about pcos pcod endometriosis all of those things is there any risk or complication involved and uh, what are the measures that are taken to reduce it and are there any different from how you treat female infertility there is some subset of patients which are poor overtly obese have a higher incidence of male infertility that thing is anyways documented but when you talk of ivf uh, 
I would say around 15 years back uh, or so, there was a big revolution. Previously, we could not do much about male infertility if the count was too less. But now, even if you have one single sperm, you know, good motile, morphologically normal, good single sperm, that can be used for fertilizing one single egg. So it's like a it's like a major uh, revolutionary treatment. Mm. So uh, and actually should be availed by all people. That is one way when we do when we go su- suggest the pe- people to take to undergo IVF. We mm. call this as ICSI, intracytoplasmic sperm injection, where you're putting one sperm inside one egg. It's it's actually. It's actually wonderful to see. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I can yeah. see it. Absolutely. Apart from that, uh, you know, we can also pick up uh, some testicular tissue like the scrotal scrotum has the bag, which is the, the scrotal bag has testes where the sperms are produced. In mm. case they are not produced out in the semen, we will also want to look inside and probably pick up a couple of sperms from there by putting in, in a simple needle or taking out a little tissue and testing it and teasing it out and you know trying to retrieve whatever possible sperm so male infertility as compared to inf- uh, female infertility is a notch higher up as in it's much it's more easier to treat having said that still there are cases where we if there is no sperms the overall uh, final retrieval or the pregnancy rates really dip hmm. right so there yeah. you have to weigh the pros and cons whether you really want to undergo the entire procedure or not you know Right. You've definitely spoken about certain courses of treatment, but what I'd really like to know is how is male infertility diagnosed? How does that happen? So a simple, uh, simple test of semen analysis, which can be done in a in a laboratory near you, near your house, uh, where you go and masturbate, give a sample, preferably in the premises of the lab is what is preferred. In case the counts are low or borderline, we usually tell, tell the patient that they should undergo a repetition of the sample. Mm. Uh, it, so that's what is usually suggested, which is very simple, non-invasive, just one sample. That's the way it happens. Very yeah. natural. Mm-hmm. Very natural. Nothing much to be done. Indeed, uh, there are times when patients might get a little stressed. Mm. Uh, so there we have, we have you know, ways to help them out. We've got counselors, we've got uh, medicines, we've got mm. like, you know, uh, those electro ejaculators, which can help, which can help them. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it happens, you know, with men, men also get stressed. It's not only the women. So in those hospital surroundings, everybody gets stressed, right? Yeah. So there you have to help them out. So it's natural, but, but otherwise it's a very simple procedure, just one test and the diagnosis is done. And, you know, you are like, uh, you know what it is. Now that you've explained it, it actually sounds so much simpler than how female infertility is tested. Yes. It it makes sense now. (laughs) Now, in the previous episodes, you know, we've talked about some behavioral... Now, in the previous episodes, we've talked about some behavioral changes that a female can, you know, incorporate into her lifestyle. Say, uh, you know, stop smoking, stop drinking, uh, take care of your health, exercise, eat certain kinds of foods, eat like a variety of vegetables, eat healthy. All of those things are there. Sleep cycles should be maintained. Um, are there any scientifically supported lifestyle and behavioral strategies that can be put into practice to significantly improve the sperm quality also? And, uh, you know, we hear a lot of how should one stop 
these things because you know it after a point of time it's pure addiction even to a certain kind of food it's just addiction so how do we do that how do we improve our health and thereby improve our reproductive health so uh, one of the most most important things is alcohol and smoking indeed whoever comes to me for treatment i mean generally if you know once uh, the couple walks in i tell them i send them back i say come back to me after 3 months after you have been able to curtail your smoking stop your you know alcohol intake to as minimum as possible mm-hmm. why because you know when we are dealing with infertility there's a lot of stress more so on the female partner you know that's what happens especially in our country and uh, when you, you when uh, you know from one side you're going to be putting in money you're going to be uh, subjecting your wife through all the entire ordeal of undergoing the treatment if the male partner can't contribute that much and the other side if you're you know trying to dig a hole by <laughs> by spoiling your treatment then it doesn't make sense so right. if there is time if there is a possibility usually these uh, people are advised to go back improve their habits for a period of 3 months take some antioxidants antioxidants always play a major role in all fertility whether it's male or whether it's female right and, and yes as i already mentioned taking healthy diet not those preservative laden yeah from the rack and of course anabolic steroids although uh, once you know many times we are not able to do much uh, especially these cases these these category of patients who already taken steroids and uh, the sperms have gone but right. yes there is uh, yeah they still hope so we usually tell them to come back to us after 3 months after they've pre taken their treatment after they've stopped all that and then uh, there is a possibility of you know the best thing about male infertility is that even if we get a few sperms as i previously said we can at least have they can at least have their own genetic babies hmm. rather than you know going for uh, for a prolonged treatment we don't need so many we don't need so many like a egg right. that ways yeah right and and how do you um, consult like i mean how do you tell people that uh, like i said most of these things are addictions uh, so um, what advice do you give them to get rid of these behaviors one of the things which i categorically tell my patients is that see uh, if you look at ivf you look at the infertility treatments you look at you talk of ivf you talk of icsi world across if you actually look into it you look at the take home baby rates nothing is more than 40 45% all across the globe mm. this is what i'm talking about is us figures uk figures i'm not talking about india although i would say in india we are at par with technology when right. we talk of ivf etc yeah. so if you are if you're working at say 4 on 10 chance why do you want to reduce it to 2 that is one counseling which i give ah. my patients like uh, why do you want to reduce it to do if you have time please curtail it and second way which is a little more drastic is uh, i give them an example of higher incidence of cor- coronary artery disease like a heart attack i tell them about those people who get heart attack because of this and the day they get it the you know that very moment from that moment onwards they would never touch alcohol or or smoke ever Wow, that kind of a uh, thought process, you know, and they are all youngsters. We are dealing with young population. We are not dealing with age-old population. So though that kind of a feeling, if they can get it in, in themselves and then proceed for treatment, it's not nothing. Nothing is free. Even if you go to a government hospital right now, then also you might have to pay for your medicines there. Also, it's not free. Right. So if so you're trying to spend money, you might as well get the maximum benefit out of it. Get less stressed out of it. 
so uh, so these things actually do work most of the patients uh, do come down on their alcohol and smoking and then they when they get pregnant then also i don't allow them to smoke because it becomes a passive smoking for the mother, mother. so it's all right it's just a matter of two years and then i tell them that you do it after that at least you know at least uh-huh. this phase is over then then you yeah. can go ahead with whatever So basically, you place an immense amount of value on the life that they're going to create, and you place an immense amount of value on their on their own lives to actually sustain that life that they're going to create. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, now we hear a lot about you know female infertility and the decline in uh, fertility for women, and we also we've spoken so much about egg freezing. Do males also experience fertility rates uh, declining with age? And are there any ways in which men can also preserve their fertility? Yes, uh, very nice question and quite close to my heart because uh, we are doing a lot of fertility preservation at our hospital. We are not only doing it for people with uh, uh, with you know increasing age that is called as a social egg freezing. We are also doing an onco fertility preservation where. if a person undergoes has a malignancy or has a cancer and that person has to be subjected to chemotherapy or a radiotherapy following that that person can simply come in between their treatments just before the starting of chemotherapy or radiotherapy and get the eggs preserved or semen preserved hmm. so and it is as simple as just giving one sample just one day masturbation where we will take the sample preserve it in multiple vials so that they can be used in future and more so with you know with the current progress of cancer treatments the survival yeah. has markedly increased hmm. so we've done it for uh, you know kids as as young as 14 years of age to adults you know with a with a chance of good survival they have they have been referred just one day come and give your sample preserve it but yes for social reasons also since the fertility starts declining beyond say 45 50 years of age there is no doubt there's a lot of literature reported regarding that it's a it's a very good idea to come and preserve your sample so that at least later on whenever you want to have your kids you have the possibility of having your own genetically uh, you know genetically your own there are ways out but you know then you don't have your own genetics later on if you I have a very curious question to ask you why 14 years of age For cancer patients, for cancer patients, so we uh, we do it for cancer patients also. So fertility preservation obviously is done for social uh, causes where the age is increasing, but also done for uh, uh, for people who have cancer. So it's routinely being done for cancer also. There, yes. it's medically indicated because if the patient has to undergo a chemotherapy, yeah. then uh, and the chances of survival are later, uh, you know, are good. Yeah. So that person can come ten years, twenty years down, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years down the line, and take the sample. It can be preserved and can utilize it, right? So at least one aspect of cancer treatment, you know, that that thing, the stress goes away for those patients. Doctor Rupali, this conversation is eye-opening. <laughs> that is just <laughs> one case I have for this conversation. It is eye-opening. Thank you. Um, thank you. Now, last question. You know, ge- men generally, uh, you know, they don't like to open up about their emotions a lot, especially when it comes to infertility, right? And they develop the sense of failure. They struggle with their feelings of inadequacy. Could you suggest some coping mechanisms or the way in which they can deal uh, with their guilt in a manner that their IVF treatment is a success? 
so actually we it's very unfortunate that in our country uh, there is not much of a sex education during schooling yes. which uh, yeah which actually uh, i have well educated couples who will come to me who have problems in intercourse and they can't understand the concept of it or whatever mm. even in today's world it's surprising indeed it's almost shocking mm. but uh, but it's true and uh, one thing which has to be made clear to the to the main uh, males specifically is that even though they might have a poor sperm count mm. inside the semen there are most of the most of these people might have regular intercourse might have regular sexual activities might have regular ejaculatory function right? they might not have any erectile dysfunction also and vice versa so people with erectile dysfunction can also father a child so it's not always about this kind of a trend but this thing should be very very clear to them and i think a good counseling to the couple goes long way i mean there is there's no nothing which replaces a very good a thorough counseling where the patient can actually the male partner can really open up and talk about it and once they know they understand this they are they are much more satisfied about right. it and they can you know lead a little more comfortable life right so basically couple of things i'm just going to repeat uh counseling is very very important yes uh, fertility can decline with age for men as well but at the same time uh, for people who are undergoing any kind of chemotherapy this happens to be one of the options uh, to preserve uh, you know procreation in the future uh, you can do it uh, as even if you are as young as uh, 14 years of, old, uh, of age you can uh, opt for this kind of a treatment uh yes there are behavioral changes and um, your if your doctor is successfully able to uh, place a lot of value on the uh, you know the life that you're going to create in your own life there is a fair chance that uh, addiction uh, can be declined addiction can go away um then uh, you know of course there are ways to detect uh, male fertility which are less invasive which are non invasive actually when it comes to female infertility and uh, so uh, if you're a man and you're listening to this episode and you are considering an ivf treatment um please please uh, test your fertility levels before you ask your partner to do the same because just because they're invasive um then apart from that i think uh, the uh, dr rupali has very very nicely explained uh, the three ways in which uh, male infertility is caused and you can always go back to it and you can always listen to it thank you so much dr rupali this was such an insightful and eye opening conversation i mean i'm going to remember this for a very very long time to come thanks a lot it was indeed a pleasure talking to you it benefits the society because i think education and educating the people is somewhere where we can actually transform the people you are doing a wonderful job i must say thank you thank you so All much right. education thank is our forefront anyway <laughs> that's what podcasts are for um that's it for this episode we'll be back with another one super soon until then chin up yaar और कोई भी सवाल हो तो रीच आउट टू अस एट एच टी हेल्थ शॉर्ट फॉर अपडेट ऑन दिस पॉडकास्ट फॉलो अस एट एच टी स्मार्टकास्ट वी आर प्रेजेंट ऑन फेसबुक इंस्टाग्राम ट्विटर यूट्यूब क्लब हाउस लिंक इन यू नेम इट टू लिसन टू मोर सच पॉडकास्ट लॉग ऑन टू एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट डॉट कॉम और सुनो नए नजरिए से
यू वर लिस्निंग टू हेल्थ शॉट्स ब्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट